And so when we talk about timing, is it possible that it's a timing where, yes, on a 3D political agenda, mm -hmm. that we have to come up with a story, let's kind of set the stage for that. And this is very, you know, 3D. Um, but then, you know, on, on a bigger, like more on a global perspective of shifting, you know, consciousness in this timeline or that timeline, there's all these additional forces shifting and moving things around uh, depending on the timing of the planet itself. My point being is that, you know, we, we can focus on the UFOs and the sighting themselves, but I think it's also important to put them, put them in the, the larger, you know, perspective. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Higher Journeys. I am your host, Alexis Brooks. And as I always say, if it is your first time here, I welcome you. I welcome you along with someone that I could almost call a co-host at this point because she's been on, oh, several times, more than several times, Caroline Corey. I see a terror in the sky in the background. That's still a, a documentary that's doing the thing, is it not? <laughs> Welcome, Caroline. Tara in the sky. Hey. Oh my God. I know, Alexis. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Uh, yeah, you know, and I I was just at this uh, conference, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, and I got an award for, yeah, Award yeah. of Excellence for Documentary Filmmaking for A Tear in the Sky. Well deserved. So, yeah, you know, this is not like a mainstream. Uh, it's more an award from the community and from, you know, the spiritual community and consciousness community and, of course, UFO community. And so so getting that sort of recognition was was awesome because, yeah. you know, this is, this is not... Uh, a project you know this is our life this is our experience this is real and so so that was a lot of fun it's uh, i really think this film uh did something very different and very new so i'm excited you know we i just reviewed part of that interview that you and i did based on a terror in the sky and it was i believe in may of 2022 interestingly at a time when uh there was a rumble mumble whatever talk going on in the mainstream uh, because of this this congressional hearing that took place back then. And here we are again in 2023. Speaking of a terror in the sky, uh, there have been a few events in the sky. Uh, we would be remiss, guys, if we did not open with that. We're gonna we're not gonna go get granular because I don't know that we can get granular because we don't really know what's going on, Caroline. But this is obviously something that's set the UFO community abuzz. Um I'm not going to venture a guess as to what it is, why it is, but we know something is afoot. I want to start out by reading a few headlines to you all out there, and Caroline, get your way in. Um, and it's just so interesting. Let me, let me just read them to you, a few of them. So this is from the NPR. They say, they can shoot down UFOs, but they can't shoot down our hopes of meeting aliens. <laughs> okay. This one from the New York Times. A timeline of the UFOs that were shot down this weekend, this past weekend. And then this one from Outlook India explained, U.S. fighter shoots down third UFO in three days. Military does not rule out aliens. What does it mean? So here's where I want to go immediately. This widespread use of UFO and in some cases UAP. I mean, look, this is still top of the headlines. Um, and they're, they're rather loose at the lips in using this term that even though we know technically it could be considered a UFO. We know what the connotation is, Caroline. 
where do we think this is coming from? This is no coincidence. I'm going to go deep real quick. Give me your thoughts. On yeah. That. And also, like, uh, didn't they just change the acronyms again uh, or the meaning of the acronym from, you know, UAP being um, unidentified aerial phenomenon to now unidentified anomalous? You know, I heard that yesterday. Okay. I heard that yesterday. And that's interesting that you bring that up because there was a gentleman, I believe, um, out of Boston who was explaining what UAP denoted. And he said, uh, um, unidentified anomalous phenomenon. I'm like, dude, you're wrong. Needless to say, <laughs> they did. Re- they changed the acronym. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's that's um, kind of what uh, I mean. I was mentioning like interesting timing as well. Like just before all of these uh, things that were shooting down right and left the last few days. Uh, so what does that mean? I feel like that's kind of like what is the point of needing to do that? And I feel that it may have to do uh, with establishing kind of the connection with the fact that it's not just aerial maybe it's could be weather you know so that the more they tell us about balloons and gases and whatever that we would be open to that uh so it's a much bigger and more vague umbrella it's it's bigger it's vague it's convoluted it's complex and i don't know i mean look because so many people are skeptical of the way the government has been operating, um, they're primed to uh, assume that there's some kind of a, you know, setup or misdirection going on. I'm not going to say any of it. I, I you know, you, you have to ask the question, why are they changing acronyms? Why are they using UFO and I suppose UAP more readily uh, in this context? Um, CNN continues to go with the headline, Mystery in the air. I don't know if they're using it today, but certainly yesterday I was watching mystery in the air and and it's again, top of the headlines, but you know what, Caroline, you know what I call mystery in the air, my story in the air. <laughs> they know that we're all going to come up with our own theory, right. Yeah, as exactly. far as uh, what this could be. And, you know, I am tempted to, to try to dig into this. We all are, but my gut is saying, leave it alone, Alexis. Do you have a gut feeling or are you willing to say what this might be. Yeah, I mean, for me, again, you know, I haven't, nobody's had the time to really investigate uh, to from this, that sort of angle. So for me, it's more uh, just intuitive and what I can see and understand from my, uh, my own experiences and research. So uh, I feel it's a combination of things uh, in terms of the actual objects themselves uh but it's somehow coordinated in terms of timing i feel some of it is china's technology you know we keep saying no 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 china's too behind you know russia's behind but you know i i mean i know people in china who are chinese who who also uh, tell me china is so advanced in ai uh Everything is automated there. It's kind of like people walk around, everything, everything is supervised, you know, through the um, uh, cameras and all sorts of AI technology. And you don't carry anything like, like there's no wallet. Everything is through fingerprint or eye or facial, you know, all this thing that we see in the movies, they're living it. They've been living it for a while. And so... 
so you can go anywhere they have all your information your um, banking information your financial information who you are where you live your medical all in your fingerprint for example um, and uh, so what I'm saying is that they already have been living at that level of technology and it's all drones <laughs> you know the internet of things have you heard of that so that's the reality they are living in um so so their machines are automated your house is automated mm -hmm. you are automated and so so that that uh, the, I think they are a lot more advanced in terms of drone technology, and for us to think that they can't get here and just show up however they want, whenever they want, right. uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. So that's that. So part of it, I think, it's uh, that's what's going on. There's some sort of uh, coordinated effort and and provocation to get us to also uh, think that there is a political threat somewhere. There's that agenda. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there are also the other phenomenon, I think, again, because since the whole Tic Tac uh, story came out in 2017, since then, you know, instead of releasing more information, the, you know, the government is like stumbling on itself, you know, like, well, no, we can't release more. And yes, we said that's true. But, you know, so I feel that um, they know the public, which is us, is way ahead of the game in the game and so uh i think they're preparing some sort of story that hey look we are having all of these things happening at the same time but of course framing it in terms of a threat or in terms of a uh you know agenda that we need to be doing this or that to defend ourselves to protect ourselves so there's definitely that sort of agenda going on mm -hmm. if you're asking you know so in terms of you extraterrestrial presence or what have you i feel some of it isn't behind the scenes but i feel like um the the government knows about it in other words mm -hmm. and when i say government like it's not everybody you know we right. think that Everybody in the government knows everything. That's so not true. I mean, two people in the same department could be sitting next to next to each other, you know, and not know the same, the same thing, and not know the right. same thing. So, absolutely. Well, speaking of timing, and these are the things that I look at in, in trying to attempt to connect the dots. There was a really interesting article that came out just yesterday, the thirteenth, Caroline, on Slate.com, and the headline reads: "How the U.S. government made pilots too embarrassed to admit they'd seen UFOs." which we know. I'm going to quote something where uh, in the middle of the article, it says, I didn't say anything out of fear I'd get fired, says one anonymous airline pilot in the new national, now this is important, guys, the new National Geographic docuseries, UFOs, Investigating the Unknown, which premieres Monday. So the story goes for countless people from civilians to military pilots who have reported seeing UFOs. The moral of the story is if you see something, do not say something, end quote. And then I say, until now. Now, there's a couple things in this little piece that I, I found. Um, this is a docuseries that apparently was originally slated for CNN. And at some point, it got switched over to National Geographic. And I believe Hulu is going to be uh, airing it on Monday. You know, it's things like this. Now, this I, maybe I'm taking this out of context, but it is things like this that make me wonder, is there some sort of a plan? Uh, it could be just acclimatizing the public to something that they know they don't fully have control of. It could be your point is well taken. All of the above. 
there could be an extraterrestrial presence behind undergirding all of this, perhaps. There is some part of our government, some faction of multiple governments that may be coordinating something. To what end, we don't know. So I like to put it all on the table. But this docuseries, uh, interesting timing, I would say. Exactly. And everything is interesting timing, you know, but not to change the subject from the UFOs, but uh, yesterday, or what day was, I think Sunday, when we had the two things happening on the same, you know, one back to back, I think it was the uh, Montana event uh, over the Canadian border, Mm -hmm. Lake Huron, and then uh, right after that, or before that, I can't remember. Alaska. uh, the, uh, yeah, Alaska or or Lake Michigan. Anyway, what those two events last Sunday, what was also interesting was I'm very sensitive, but I was also with a group of people. It, it, like within that interval, like you know, a few hours, uh, there were very strong uh, solar flares, and mm. there was a like a minor earthquake. Like I could tell because I can feel even if it's a two or you know two point five. I could feel. So we were in Los Angeles. Um, and so all of a sudden, like it's it's almost like the, the whole earth started to, you know, to spin. And uh, recently also we were talking about the core of the planet shifting. So my point being, like, I wonder if it's not even a, even a bigger, because when we talk about ETs behind the scenes, yes. you know, it's not just like, hey, let's just send them one UFO here and one UFO there and and say we're aliens coming from space. But I feel that their presence is uh, doing so many different things. And so when we talk about timing, is it possible that it's a timing where, yes, on a 3D political agenda mm-hmm. that we have to come up with a story. Let's kind of set the stage for that. And this is very, you know, 3D. Um, but then, you know, on, on a bigger, like more on a global perspective of shifting, you know, consciousness in this timeline or that timeline, there's all these additional forces shifting and moving things around uh, depending on the timing of the planet itself, you know, you should, I don't know if I'm going way, way too no, far out. No, I'm this. following you. I know the journeyers are too. Continue. Yeah. yeah. So, so my point being is that you know we we can focus on the UFOs and the sighting themselves, but I think it's also important to put them put them in the the larger you know perspective, the larger. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely thank you for bringing that up and. You know, these kinds of conversations, uh, Caroline, as it relates to um, objects in the sky, I have said and will continue to say is not has was not my entry point into this field is not necessarily my bailiwick nor my uh, my my passion, but rather the consciousness aspect, the metaphysical aspect, which I believe undergirds all things that emerge to to a 3D level at some at some point. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I'd rather spend, like we said before we went on air, there's not too many details. We can't get into the weeds too much because we don't know where the weeds exist. So I think the best thing to do is probably uh, all of us take our foot off the gas pedal and uh, just do some observing, zooming out as far as we can. And uh, we'll see. Uh, But yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, one thing I want to mention right now, now look, you, whether you want to talk about it or not, there's no way we're going to be getting away uh, from this for a while. And who knows, we may get another shoot down or a couple 
uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, because guess what? In a couple of weeks, Caroline, are gonna, Caroline and I are going to be together in the Los Angeles area, Pasadena at Alien Con. Alien yes. Con 2023. So excited. March 4th and 5th. And I'm going to tell you now, and we'll bring, we'll talk a little bit more about Alien Con uh, toward the end of the show, but uh, we're going to be doing a part two of this show. So excited, Caroline. This is a first for Alien Con, and I'm honored to be the first to do it. I'll be doing a, a podcast. I'm saying a live, live studio audience podcast. We'll be uh, filming a podcast with an audience, uh, you and I. I will be interviewing you at Alien Con. So it's going to be really fun. So, uh, but I bring up AlienCon in this context because we're going to be talking about this, obviously. I'm surprised they haven't created any panels solely on this subject. What do you think? Do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I'm very excited about AlienCon this year um, because, uh, you know, uh, we haven't done it in person for, you know, because of the whole COVID yeah. thing. So, and we were on a roll, you know, every year it's just so successful and, uh, so fun. So amazing. I mean, these guys put on a real show mm. and all the players are so, the speakers are so interesting, you know, from the different backgrounds. It's not just just the shows, but even the individual uh, contributors. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so when you put all this together in a live event, um, it's so fun. And you know, even just the last ones, the rooms are packed with people so wanting to share their stories, which. No, we don't have that sometimes in other conferences, you know, mm -hmm. and so uh, people have a chance to share uh, their alien stories or their abduction stories or what have you and uh, and listen to the latest, especially with what's like what you're saying, the latest yeah. events that have been happening. So I think this year is going to rock. Oh, it's going to be amazing. March of 4th and 4th, 5th, and right? 5th. In Pasadena. Right. Yeah, I'm super, super excited. About I am time. too. And I haven't seen you for, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time we saw each other in person. I believe it was at another conference. It may have been contact in the desert, but nonetheless, we're well overdue. So that'll be fun. I hope some of you listening and watching will uh, make the trek out or maybe you're close by and and uh, we actually have an offer I'm going to bring up at the end of the show. Make sure you stay tuned. Uh, you'll definitely want to show up for Alien Con. Um, speaking of Alien Con, you said something in, in a couple interviews ago that I did with you about, let's move to the experiencer aspect because this is what really makes me, uh, makes my heart beat. You know, this is where it's what it's all about, the experiential as aspect, Caroline. You talk about a packed room, in some cases, 3,000 people in a room at AlienCon, and your uh, people are telling their heartfelt stories and often in tears. Yeah. You know, that is, that's really, that speaks volumes to where the importance to me lies in this enigma that we're still trying to slay, that we're trying to understand. Um, would you say that, um, I don't want to say most of the people, but a, a fair amount, maybe even more of the people that show up for AlienCon are there looking to talk about that aspect? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I don't know how many panels I've done with Linda, Linda Moulton Howe uh -huh. and Nick Pope. And, you know, and the subject is on those types of experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the room literally like I, I don't remember which year that was, but 
I mean, the, one of the rooms, like they would fit 2,500 people, 3,000 people. No one leaves the entire panel. Mm. Uh, and there's like lines of people wanting to express and share stories. And uh, I think it's there's this hunger. In fact, we ended up, the network ended up doing a special, I think. Uh, you know, really? Yeah, because they saw like how real people, so many people are really wanting to to talk about this and where can you talk about, I think I was abducted by an alien without thinking, right. you know, being judged and being, uh, you know, labeled as, as crazy. And so, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a perfect opportunity because also then we can provide um, support. We can provide not just like, hey, we get you, but we could provide tools. For example, I'm actually doing uh, a talk uh, about this, the different types of uh, lineages that you could be. And it's just oh, beyond, fantastic. yeah, yeah, beyond, you know, the grays and the blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's it's right. a lot more oh, yes. advanced, that, you know, <laughs> you Absolutely. know, what type of lineage and also is it connected to your blood type? A lot of people have that question mm-hmm. um, and your genetic makeup. But also I'm going to facilitate a group regression. Are you really? With, all of this? Yeah, and those are very, very popular as well at oh. AlienCon. That's fantastic, yeah. Caroline. And so people get to go back to experience. It's a regression, but it's a guided meditation. It's not like hypnotic or anything. Mm-hmm. But you get to go back to the point just before the event happens and to relive it. And so that you can have more clarity, more detail. Like, wait, what just happened? Because some people aren't sure what happened they know something happened that's right i agree with you and it could be an abduction it could be missing time it could be any other paranormal out of body thing or they saw a ghost or whatever so some sort of trauma imprint like that in the consciousness Mm -hmm. and i help the group go back to that point and kind of relive it and have detail more information and of course come, you know, bring closure, you know, yeah, then I'm there to facilitate, get more uh, explanation. So people love that as well. So oh, and, and they the, get to do at the conference. That's huge. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Well, you should come. If I'm, if they don't have me working somewhere else, if, <laughs> if I'm not speaking somewhere else, I've got, I know that I'm moderating the investing. I think I can say this investigating abductions panel and oh. moderating that. And I Am think I that'll that be, Maybe. you could be. Yeah. 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 You know what? I'm getting a little bit of feedback from you, Caroline. Oh, really? Let's see. Oh, okay. Is this better? I think we'll be good. Hello. Hello. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Sorry guys. Yeah. Let's, let's go into that a little bit more. Look, you and I both hear from many people from all walks of life. And there's a common thread to their starting their story either. I've never told anyone this, but I hope you don't think I'm crazy. Well, no, most people don't say to us, I hope you don't think I'm crazy because they know this is what we do. But I'm hearing from a lot of people lately who are, I think, having starting to have recollections of things happened long ago. This is something that I'm very interested in, this aspect of epiphany, of something or an encounter, or maybe more, maybe lifelong encounters that happened years ago. But for whatever reason, this period of time, again, other influences going on planetarily, may be unlocking memory 
and they're now wanting to explore it. That's also quite interesting to me. The other, I mean, there's so many different facets to, to th this journey for people that have had experiences are those that may be walking the planet, probably walking the planet right now that are what I call unconscious experiencers. Are you an experiencer and don't know it, completely oblivious to it, but eventually may have that epiphany due to some kind of trigger. And you know, what's interesting is we talk about what's going on right now, regardless of what it's perhaps designed to do, I wouldn't be surprised if more people start to come into an awareness, even if the messages are being given subliminally or subconsciously, that some people, more people may start to have an awakening of their own experiences. What do you think about that? So much going on right now that could do that. Yeah, you know what? I want to say that everybody, I mean, if, if, if you're conscious about uh, your experiences, that's great. But I think everybody else is an unconscious experiencer because uh, you're experiencing something, you're, you are always connected to the aspect of you that's not in physical form all the time. That connection and that stream of consciousness is never severed. And so what happens is that you are continuously receiving information, downloads uh, or visions or, you know, in your dreams or meditation about uh, the other side. And a, a lot of the time, the other side is extraterrestrial intelligence uh, because that's your lineage connecting with you you see. And so, so that's what I, I feel like pretty much most of the planet uh, is an experiencer in that sense. And, uh, and so all of these things, for example, going back to the sightings and the shoot downs and, you know, the, the things just happen are triggers to get you to uh, ask the question, do I believe in UFOs? Did I have, I, you know, when you start to question it starts to unlock certain things, certain memories in your subconscious mm -hmm. about this subject and about who you really are. And so that's why I feel like in so many ways we are, we're getting those uh, signs, those you know, those mm -hmm. triggers in order to unlock, 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 because everyone is an experiencer. I agree with you. Spirit form of the, you know, the multiverse of, you know, it's just how much they're allowing on this side of the veil. I agree with you. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I've been talking about this. You know, I lectured, you know, I lectured in Australia. That was my first time there at the Cosmic Consciousness Conference. And that was the theme. Are you an unconscious contactee? And it was amazing and yet not surprising to me that many in the audience, when I asked in the beginning, before I even got started, how many of you believe yourselves to have had an encounter or more? And it was a fair amount of people that raised their hands. But uh, after the conference or after my lecture, many more hands went up and they began. I believe that even, even a conversation can trigger a remembrance. It's, it's just, it's like a dream. You, you may, you'll wake up, you won't remember anything, but something, whether it's a word that you hear, a phrase or something that you just think to yourself can open the floodgates like that. So I think we're getting a lot of prompts like that, Caroline, these days. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's happening, you know. And so that's why, you know, whether it's the earth changes to, uh, you know, stuff going in your body, opening things up, opening channels without you really knowing or understanding what's going on, to those sightings, the strange things happening in the sky, strange events in the world. All of these are triggers, you know, to unlock mm the real you, you know, what's really hidden in your consciousness, the real cellular memory mm -hmm. that holds all of this information. Absolutely. So you'll be doing that at AlienCon. And what else are you going to be doing beside being with me doing our doing our show, which by the way, I think we really want to focus more on the experiential side. I know that wow. there'll be many people and I want to do a Q&A at the end of our recording so we can hear from these people. To me, this is the richest part of this journey. And getting people to, Caroline, know and trust that they're not having these experiences in isolation, they still feel that way. It's a very interesting phenomenon with all of our conversations. I hope it's helping because you're not alone. We're not alone and you're not alone. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the experience at the end of the day, you know, I was very lucky at the age of five, I had my own experience and it wasn't extraterrestrials per se. I mean, it is in a way because it's non-human, but it was more an angelic form and things like that, that opened up all my channels. I realized I could see the subtle energy. I could telepathic, communicate telepathically and all that good stuff at a very young age. And I think that was purposeful that I remembered the details and what I was supposed to do to maintain that so that I can help others do the same. Because, you know, it is a huge difference between learning something uh, cognitively, you know, mm -hmm. um, you read in a book, you read something on the internet, so your cognitive mechanism is, is processing the information. You retain it, you connect with parts of it or what have you, and then you, you accept what you want and you, you, know, you keep what you want. And, but when you receive information experientially, absolutely, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a whole different, it's like your whole body is vibrating. It's like, it's telling you something. It's like every cell in your body is the receiver uh, of that information. And so it's like, oh my God, you know, and, and this is when you know that it's truth because there's no separation between you and the information. You are the information, you feel the information. You you. So when you're talking about it, there is no separation. It's not something... I read something there. It right. went into my brain. I, I accepted it as this or that. And now I'm talking about it. You see, it's like a, right. Rather than something that's inside you that comes out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And yet I'll, I'm going to play a teeny weeny bit of devil's advocate. I absolutely agree with you. However, there are some cases, Caroline, and this is kind of sad. It's not sad. It's just part of being human where people will have a profound experience, but will question the validity of the experience. Of course. I don't, right? Um, I hope that's, that's you know, fewer and far between, but it that's still, I think with all of these conversations that we're having, hopefully is helping people to integrate or to, to put less of a gap between questioning the experience and the, the fact of the experience. Like I always say, seeing is believing, but experiencing is knowing. Seek to experience and you'll never have to believe again. 
ever. That's the way it should be. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. This is where the belief systems and the fear of judgment and all that good stuff comes in. And, uh, and you have to kind of accept what you're feeling or not, or put it in a corner of your brain that makes sense to you. Uh, But this is again, what you just said earlier, the timing of where we are right now, there's Mm -hmm. all these triggers, you know, the triggers are coming from different directions and different ways and different formats to, to bring up, you know, those things that are still locked in your subconscious that you know are true, you know you felt, uh, you know this is who you are, but you just kind of shoved it under the rug, you know, pretending it didn't exist or it wasn't real or what have you. Uh, Because at the end of the day, that is our purpose. Our purpose is to just be who we are, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what you think or she thinks or or they're going to say or whatever, is to just express your truth, whatever that may be. Absolutely. And so that's why that is part of life. And so all the triggers you're going to be attracting consciously or unconsciously are going to push you towards that. So the faster you allow, the better, you know, it's like you might as well just be out there and be who you are and just, uh, yeah. That's great advice. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what makes me think? And again, I don't want to I don't want to harp on the the agendas that have uh, also undergirded our existence for so long, but you can't help but bring that into the conversation, Caroline, because you talk about the people that are shunning their experience uh, in part because of the blowback they might get from a family member, a friend, a coworker, whomever. And the purposeful indoctrination to ridicule and be ridiculed you know, there's something that I, I wasn't aware. I know that there are lots of projects, you know, top secret projects that go on uh, to, to uh, uh, accomplish certain things. And there's something called Project Grudge that I recently learned about. <laughs> I'd never heard, seriously, <laughs> and it, it is as the name implies. This apparently was something that was born, I believe, I believe out of the, uh, the U.S. Air Force to instigate <laughs> stigma around these very subjects in the masses to Mm. do exactly what we're talking about, to dissuade us from looking at these things. Look it up, guys. I had never heard of, we've heard of Project Bluebeam, Project this, blah, 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 (laughs) et cetera. This is the the first one, Project Grudge. And you know who I think spoke about it? I'm going to say she she was quoted, I believe, in the same article as Leslie Keene. Is, oh wow! Spoke about it absolutely. That's, that's yes. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at Project Grudge, interestingly in Wikipedia, it won't allude to, uh, you know, a covert effort to uh, build stigma around um, these sorts of subjects to get people to to laugh at it. Uh, it has a different explanation, but Leslie herself says this is what it's all about. So we're we're also trying to unfurl and unpeel all of those layers of that indoctrination in order to get to that truth that you're talking about. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think there's uh, people at least get that part or, you know, that we are being indoctrinated. I mean, like since the beginning of time, to be honest, you know, we have yeah. to fit within a certain structure. We have to be accepted. And if you want to succeed, it, you better play by the rules. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how we are educated, you know, growing up, but it's getting less and less and less. And I think that's, you know, again, going back to the global, like what's happening, all this weirdness, you know, all this craziness that is happening is great because it makes you question like, wait, if that's possible and that's possible and the Pentagon's saying it's okay, uh, you know, then, well, maybe why can't I talk about this crazy experience that I have? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I think we're getting less and less, we're more and more accepting mm -hmm. that it's okay to be crazy, to talk about paranormal or, or, you know, it's, it, it's I, that piece. I th I'm very hopeful actually. I am too. I think, yeah. Yeah. With everything that's been happening, you know, since the COVID and uh, you know, it's like global craziness uh, that allow you to just focus on you and be you and say what you want and say what you think, you know? So, uh, so I, so that's actually going the right direction. I, I think. think it's a good thing. As I've been saying for the last three years, I'm Excuse me, feeling like we're still living in a, and immersed in a metaphysically potent, uh, at a metaphysically potent time. And so all bets are off and all things are possible. And you talk about an identified anomalous phenomena. We're living an anomaly. This is bizarre world, but <laughs> it truly is. Bizarre world. Bizarre totally. world. But, but there's something, you know, there's a bit of magic embedded within this bizarreness that if we continue to focus on that, we can bring bring that out for sure, for sure. Um, gosh, let's talk about the let's let's spend our remaining minutes. We got about 10, 15 more minutes before we go to the Patreon after show. You know, we're gonna do that and continue the conversation. And then we're going to alien con. We're just gonna be Carolyn and I are gonna be talking, talking, talking. Okay. Let's talk about consciousness. Let's talk about that C word. Let's bring that into this conversation because that is what truly, it seems, undergirds all of this. Where are you in this very big, still somewhat nebulous conversation? Eh, are we getting any closer to understanding it and how it fits within the UFO ET framework? I mean, it blows my mind, <laughs> really, that people don't go there, you know, still, I think, uh, because we are consciousness. Like, I mean, everything to me, first of all, let me just define what consciousness is, because, yes. you know, scientists yeah. tell us, oh, you are conscious of things, you see things, that's what consciousness is. No, that's the act of being conscious. Mm -hmm. For me, consciousness is the fundamental substance. It's, it's a substance. It's a form of energy mm -hmm. from which everything emerges. Everything comes out. So here you are, the physical world, the planets, the stars, intelligent being, the animals, you know. So, so we come out of the same thing at the base. Mm -hmm. And so, but up here, it looks like I'm separate from you. Like, oh, the planet's here and I'm here and the animals are there. And it looks, but at, at the core, as a fundamental thing, uh, we, we came with the same substance, uh, from the same substance. So when people talk about being connected, we are literally connected at this space. And so, so the reason, so because of that, 
it blows my mind that people don't talk about it as the most important thing because it's literally the fabric of who we are. That's it's right. like we're trying to understand the human consciousness, I mean, the human uh, reality without going back to, it's like we're trying to study the human body without understanding that there's a DNA. There's a DNA mm -hmm. that well, has yeah. the information about what the liver is supposed to do and what the stomach's supposed to do and your eyes supposed to, f f whatever. There is information that dictates how your body should function. So you, you know what I mean? So we're trying to figure out reality and we're trying to figure out what's happening in the skies and we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, but we're not looking at <laughs> the fundamental structure, substance uh, that creates this reality. So that's why I think like it blows my mind that some, especially, I mean, I want to say the scientists because mm -hmm. people are following, you know, the scientists to believe in this thing or that thing. Um, you know, there's still this big debate, maybe less and less, but it's still there. And um, and it just that piece just doesn't make sense to me. No, it's such an antiquated model. You know, I, I recall speaking with Nassim Harriman a few years ago, we had, a, as a matter of fact, it was at the Conscious Life Expo. We had a sit-down interview, and uh, the crux of our conversation was about um, the the shunning of the topic of consciousness in these scientific uh, scientific conventions or academic conventions, and how not that long ago you would be laughed out of the room if you brought up that concept, that word. Uh, not much, you know, you couldn't talk about it at all. So we have come a bit closer. Here's the thing that is probably one of the most fascinating aspects of the consciousness discussion for me, and that is consciousness in what we call inanimate objects, the plant life, yeah, uh, the rug that my feet are on, <laughs> the, the table here, Something called panpsychism, I've talked about it before, which is this idea that there is a measure of individuated consciousness in everything, exactly. whether we call it living or not. Exactly. That's our connection to it, the glass. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's what's exciting to me because it's not just about all of us as living, you know, breathing, intelligent creatures being connected, but are we in fact, uh, you know, linked to the table, the computer, everything. Everything, exactly. I mean, how is it so sometimes you walk in a room and there's nobody there, but there's this like energy, like you or you sit in it. I mean, people who are sensitive will understand what I'm talking about. I literally can sit in a chair and like feel, you know, what the energy of the chair. Mm -hmm. And so how does that work? You know, and, and the same thing with at a supermarket. Okay. You're going, you, you're picking this apple versus this apple. I gravitate towards this one because it, it has a different energy other than the way it looks and the color mm -hmm. and the outside. I'm talking about the energy of what looks to be an inanimate thing or a material thing, but it contains information information and so information information and formation yeah oh yeah exactly so of course so we're talking about different levels of consciousness there's pure consciousness then there's embodied consciousness and then even you know less and less and less but for example a piece of paper or the desk that you're uh you're the chair you're sitting on for example it came from somewhere mm -hmm. so you know the rubber and the wood the piece of wood and the plastic or whatever whatever 
just imagine that all these uh, substances or the, these organisms or what have you are put together. Mm-hmm. They're put together by people. Mm-hmm. And even if it's machines, the machines were created by people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put a machine together, you're, you have a, you know, and you, you kind of, I believe that uh, the material objects retain the imprint of the person. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And that's why you end up gravitating to two couches that are exactly the same, brand new, exactly the same. And then you feel this one is the one for you and not that one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, I know if you're exactly sensitive, you totally get that. I absolutely get that. So behind, well, so there's an energetic exchange. All all um, existence is energy. It's a different form of energy, right? Einstein said that. Different types of energy, but it's still energy. And energy, by definition, has a vibration. So it's vibral. We're always vibrating. So we're constantly uh, receiving and sending information to each other as beings. Of course, with animals, the trees talk to each other. I mean, it's, this is like real science but also inanimate objects. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's a misnomer. Maybe they're not inanimate at a deeper level. Who's, who's to say? You think of something like a, a process called or a practice called psychometry, right? Where you're actually holding, let's say it's a watch that belonged to your grandfather and you're able to pick up the energy of your grandfather through that watch. It's an interesting thing you bring that up. So you're saying that the the common denominator is a human that put the machine or the table together, but even absent of the human being, let's take it to the next level. When you look at these so-called inanimate solid objects at the subatomic level, they're not even solid. They're not solid at all. They're literally vibrating, albeit at a very slow rate. So even absent of the human, might they be have some form of, well, let's just say energy and energy and consciousness are interchangeable to me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, it's a very slow rate of vibration. That's so it's so and it's so much slower than your visual spectrum that it looks like it's static, but actually it's not. If you speed that up, then you wouldn't see it anymore. So so it's kind of, uh, yeah, absolutely like that. And so when you have a person working on a piece of furniture, for example. So that person is thinking and feeling and, you know, getting tired and getting hungry or whatever, you know. So this this is all information, information. The fact that you don't see your thoughts or you don't see, actually see your emotions, although they could be measured, but that's a different conversation, doesn't mean that it's not an actual frequency that is physically existing. You don't see it, but it exists. And so so you're working manually with something, you know. So you are pouring this information into the piece of paper or the piece of wood, you know. And at the end, when you have that, that box that you're creating, whatever it is that you're working on, it's going to contain all the stuff you were thinking about and you know and and feeling on that day it sounds so crazy like if a mainstream scientist he (laughs) hears me right now he'd be like okay all right next you know but uh but actually i i have to i don't remember the name but there is a scientist who uh i want to say russian who demonstrated uh between two i mean you may remember this experiment two um 
was it two animals? Was it a frog or something? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But he was able to prove and demonstrate that the DNA uh, information got transferred from one to the other without any physical contact. Hmm. And this other, yeah, I have to remember, uh, you know, I apologize. But, um, and so, the, so I think it was from the frog to the mouse or something. And, but then that DNA remained, even though like you took out the frog, mm-hmm. the, the DNA remained in the, the mouse or something, and then it oh. continued to exist. So that would explain that it didn't have, they didn't have to mate. They didn't have to do any of this information gets transferred energetically like this through this medium that we call space time, but that's a different conversation. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Have to so, look into so that. I'd love it- why wouldn't it be imprinted on a piece of paper or a piece of wood or a piece of what Absolutely. Happens? Right. Now, it could be a little bit more difficult because, as we said, the rate of vibration, even at the subatomic level, is very slow. But, you know, uh, you break it down enough and it's pretty much empty space. So there's room there. I'm yeah. Thinking- and you know how sometimes, sometimes, like, I just bought a new car, for example. I just bought a new car. And then I'm like, I'm just going to tell it, I love you. I love yeah. you. You know, it's like, you know, and it makes a difference. It's almost like, and I did that, you know, where the, the most, uh, like, the most striking example, if people want to take my class on telekinesis, you're trying to move a physical object, right? And so if you are really, really tuned in, it's not the same as moving, you know, changing the pH in water or doing those types of experiments, as mm-hmm. you know, I've done them in the movie, right. Superhuman. But when you do telekinesis and you're trying to move a physical object, it's a whole different dynamic. You feel that the object, because of whatever was imprinted, in, you know, on it, in it, let's say it's a piece of paper. It's like it has ego. It's like it has a personality. It's like it's responding to you. And so so the first experiment I did, it was telling me, I, I would be like, okay, I want you to rotate this way or something. And then it would kind of respond to me and it would be like, why can't I rotate the other way? Or so and it was like, what? You know, it was like, of course, it was the energy of resistance or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't telling me, it wasn't speaking English, you know? So my point being like objects have even a level of consciousness. And so if you want to participate, if you want to affect influence a physical object like in telekinesis, then you project the information, the words and the energy that you you want as if it were a person. And you will see the change just like that. It is so cool. (laughs) Okay, guys, you want to talk about a cliffhanger? Guess what we're going to continue talking about over on Patreon, maybe even at AlienCon too. I want to talk about this more. We're out of time, but can we continue this on on Patreon in the after show? Your oh, telekinesis. Sure. I would love to talk about this. This is, this is fascinating to me, and I also uh, will add this to the cliffhanger. Speaking of telekinesis, telekinetic effects. Have you seen some of these TikTok videos where people are reporting spinning? objects like a, I think there was a piece of pepperoni on a pizza that was spinning around just constantly or a pot on a stove spinning a, a can of soup in a cabinet. Now, look, we're talking TikTok, so anything goes, but it begs the question, could there be some sort of even geomagnetic effect going on? Is it a form of telekinetic activity unconsciously even 
those are, don't answer any of those questions. We'll go next door and talk about it. But those are some of the things that I would love to dig into a little bit with Caroline. So let's, uh, let's end it there, Caroline. But look, I'm going to give another plug to AlienCon. And guess what? I have a little treat for y'all. March 4th and 5th, Pasadena Convention Center in Pasadena, California. If you use the following promo code, Alexis15, Alexis15, I'll give you 15% off of uh, all pass types through February 20th at 11.59 p.m. So hurry up, get those tickets, <laughs> grab your 15% off and join Caroline and I and a whole slew of people. You know, Georgie will be there and Eric's going to be there. Linda's not going to be there this year, I don't think. I'm not sure. Or Linda's not going to be there, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be there. But we, we've got a whole crew of people. And you know what's really neat this year? I believe this is the first year. Hence the reason yours truly will be there. Uh, we've got the a big part of the History Channel family. My show, The Proof is Out There, along with, of course, Ancient Aliens, um, The Unexplained with William Shatner, and uh, Skinwalker Ranch. I believe it's sort of a conglomeration of all four shows. So you will uh, see cast members from all four shows there. So that's why I'm happy to be joining you this year, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Tell us where we can find you. I know a lot of y'all already know, but tell us where we can find you and what's going on with you next after AlienCon. Yeah, all the consciousness stuff is on carolinecorey.com. And uh, the movie is etereinthesky.com. Uh, or superhumanfilm.com. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I'm everywhere online, social media, you know, people can find me that way. And I'll be may, may, making an announcement on uh, what I'm working on next. Excellent. Yeah, she's pretty much everywhere. She's ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, always so much fun to talk to you. And I'm so looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, maybe a little less than two weeks, I think. So thank you awesome. as always. Always a delight to have you. Don't hang up. We're going to go next door. For you journeyers, come join us. And if not, we will see you uh, next time or maybe we'll see you at AlienCon. But we will definitely see you back here at the Homestead. Higher Journeys. Thank you so much. We love you. Talk to you soon.